Welcome to Healthy and Happy, a program sponsored by the Easter Maker Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on NCUFM. It is your education and wellness station. We have so much lined up in store for you this week. Believe me, you can't afford to miss it. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Adis Jonas Murphy. Rejoice in this Thank you so very much for keeping it locked to Healthy and Happy right here on NCUFM. It's NCU 91.1, 91.3, and 91.5. I am so happy. You know what? Uh, yes, I have a good friend of mine in studio, Dr. Nastasia Tate, OBGYN, yes, obstetrician and gynecologist, here to share with us today about infertility in women, infertility in women. Doc, welcome back to Healthy and Happy. Thank you, Aris. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Just before we begin the interview, I'm always scanning online and I came across this site, Medivisor, Doc, Medivisor, and it says nine facts you probably didn't know about infertility and IVF. But I'm just going to share perhaps two or three. It says, according to the CDC, around one million couples in the United States, they've had difficulty getting pregnant after one year of trying. If a couple under the age of 35 is having trouble getting pregnant after a year of frequent sex, it's recommended that they see a physician about it. And if the couple is over 35, they should see a physician after six months mm -hmm. of trying. So infertility, it's a real thing. One million married couples in the U.S., they have had difficulties getting pregnant. I don't know what the stats look like here in Jamaica, but I also imagine that it is a challenge. Here's another fact that I found. Issues causing female infertility. Women can have problems with their ovaries, which interfere with getting pregnant. Uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome is the most common cause, according to this article. Diminished ovarian reserve is another common problem. Diminished ovarian reserve refers to the fact that females are born with all the eggs they will ever have between one and two million. So uh, by the time of menstruation, that number is about 300,000. Mm -hmm. Eggs are released with every menstruation. As women age, fewer and fewer eggs are available for fertilization. Dr. Nastasia Tate. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very so, factual statement, yeah, Addis. Like, mm -hmm. we're, in a, we're in a rat race to ensure that we use all our eggs. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. But it actually points back to your very first point. So you realize that they made a demarcation between women over 35, 35. and women below 35. Right. And that's because of the attrition or the loss of the eggs mm -hmm. as you age. So if you're below 35, you're expected to have, you know, good enough ovarian reserves. Mm -hmm. But beyond 35, those eggs are depleting significantly. So, you know, which is where the whole biological clock comes in that people talk about all the time or you need to get pregnant in a certain time frame if you want to get pregnant naturally. Mm. So that really points to why there is a difference between for the definition of one year versus six months, mm. be above 35 and below 35 years. Let's define infertility. The infertility is the inability to conceive after one year of having frequent unprotected sexual intercourse, and that's for patients who are above 35 years old, or the female above 35 years. Mm -hmm. And below 35, we use a shorter time frame of six months to define infertility. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, patients will be trying for a month or two, and they'll come and say, like, oh, doc, I can't get pregnant. I know my friend mm -hmm. get pregnant in a month after getting married, etc., etc. But really and truly, 
um, you need to meet the criteria of trying for one year. And mm-hmm. it's not just trying for one year. The most important part of that definition is frequent unprotected sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. So if you have sex once per month, once per week, that's you know that's definitely not frequent enough what? if we're really trying to get pregnant. So, so what's frequent enough? Because persons want to know. Right. So we do recommend about three to four times per week if you want to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So you can only get pregnant around your ovulation period, right? So we're talking about three to four days before your ovulation, a couple of days after your ovulation. And ovulation is a process where the the cysts on the ovaries rupture and it releases an egg. That's ovulation. So for you to get pregnant, the egg and the sperm has to meat or to fertilize and then travel back to the womb for implantation and that usually results in a pregnancy so for you to have for you to conceive you have to ovulate and that only happens mid-cycle Mm-hmm. however long your cycle is so for a typical 28 day cycle it would happen on day 14 of your cycle and the um, you can get pregnant a couple of days before the ovulation and that's because the sperms can survive for a couple of days mm-hmm. so the sperms will be swimming in the you know the tubes waiting for the egg and upon fertilization go to implant in the womb there are some folk who may be able to relate to what we're saying Mm -hmm. you know because they've been trying for a while and one of the things that because i i have friends who Mm -hmm. have not been able to conceive and one of the things i've heard is you know but you know other persons they just have a one-off situation and they get pregnant i mean that's true i mean honestly my personal like principle in life is really not to compare yourself to others Mm. because everybody has a different path right so some people lose weight very easily some people struggle to lose weight Mm -hmm. some people get pregnant very easily and some people need a little help and i mean that's fine it's not so much the path that you take more than you know the end results so we can focus on the end results and Mm. getting it there (laughs) you should consider motivation i'm just saying i'm just saying so according to your working definition then there is usually a timeline that is used 35 years having regular sex unprotected sex for a period of one year uh, and under 35 then Mm -hmm. it would be easy to diagnose that person as being infertile if you're over 35 years then of course that period of time is shorter looking at six months of regular unprotected sex Mm -hmm. and not being able to conceive but could female infertility result from not just age, but also physical problems, hormonal problems, lifestyle, or even environment. 100%. So when you think about fertility, it's always a couple. It's an infertile couple. It's not the woman versus the man, you know, because that tends to lead to like a blame game, which Mm -hmm. you don't want in any union. So you look at the infertile couple. So it could be a male factor or it could be a female factor. Mm -hmm. In fact, the statistics will show that, you know, in one third of the cases, it's a female factor. In one third of the cases, it's a male factor. Mm -hmm. And the next third, it's either it's like a combined factor or undetermined factor so you know that's a very important fact i like to underscore especially for our population because oftentimes once it's an infertile issue it has to be the woman no man would ever conceive Mm -hmm. that they could be contributing to why the couple has not had uh you know a child Mm -hmm. so always assume it's a woman that's not necessarily you know so it's actually equal right Mm -hmm. so when we talk about the other things that can cause a couple to be infertile so it's male and female factors Mm -hmm. then we have to ensure that one you're ovulating so the ovaries are functioning normal 
two, the tubes, and that's where fertilization occurs, mm -hmm. are open, so you know you can have the egg and the sperm meeting. And three, you have to think that the uterus is a nice receptive oven for implantation. Mm -hmm. Then you have to think about the male factors, you know. Is the sperm swimming fast enough? Are the sperms normal? You know, is there any infection there in the sperm? Is the count mm -hmm. of the, um, the sperms adequate? So all of those things are what we'd investigate. We'll ask questions surrounding those things to determine, to isolate what area of the whole um, circle that mm -hmm. is being affected and then the treatment will be targeted accordingly. All right, so we talk about signs and symptoms with health issues. Is it fair to say that there are signs and symptoms of infertility or do we say there are signs of infertility? And if so, guide us. Well, the sign of infertility would be your inability to, um, to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the things that can lead to that, we can talk about the signs and symptoms of that. So, for instance, if we're talking about the ovary, so your inability to ovulate or to release that eggs, a lot of things can contribute to that. You had mentioned before um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. That's mm -hmm. a very common condition that will affect women. Mm -hmm. And that basically speaks to your inability to ovulate, right? due to hormonal imbalance. So that's our next topic for our next day. <laughs> but in summary, with yeah. PCOS, you often have what we call an ovulatory cycles, meaning you're having a menstrual cycle, but you're not ovulating. That's mm -hmm. You go months without having a period because you're not ovulating. Or mm -hmm. sometimes when you do have a period, it's what we call an ovulatory cycle. You have a bleeding, but mm -hmm. it's not because you ovulated. Again, topic for our next day. Oh, right. Then that's you can have... <laughs> then things like obesity can influence your like to ovulate so if you're very underweight mm -hmm. or if you're overweight then you can have issues with ovulation as well um, if it is that you have endometriosis that can actually affect it's almost like a trifecta it can affect at the ovaries mm -hmm. at the tubes or at the level of the uterus wow. so those things can influence your likelihood of ovulation from a ovary you know as being the causative or the one of the risk factors for your infertility. Mm -hmm. Now you think about tubal pathology or tubal disease. So if it is that you have pelvic inflammatory disease, that's like an infection of the tubes, mm -hmm. then you have a lot of scar tissue and fibrosis, so you, you don't have the eggs and the sperm meeting together, hence no fertilization. Mm -hmm. If it is that you had like pelvic surgery, so you had a surgery for, say, appendicitis or whatever pelvic surgery, then again you can get scar tissues that can occlude the lumen or the, you know, the opening of the tube and then prevent uh, fertilization so that you know those are the common things that can affect tubal um, or can cause tubal disease then when we talk about the uterus again endometriosis uterine fibroids polyps mm -hmm. and stuff like that can prevent implantation and those things would commonly be the female factors that contribute to your infertility just want to remind our listeners that um, we're speaking about infertility in women. We'll have to bring on, I don't know if Dr. Tate, you you would be able to speak to infertility in men as well? Sure. Right, so um, I'm bring you back. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the focus to be primarily on women today mm -hmm. because many persons struggle with it silently, just needing support systems and support groups. Uh, what would you say to an individual who's listening right now who may have wanted this one thing ever since they um, probably got married or they've been in a long-term relationship. They've wanted to have a child. They've been trying and trying and trying, but it's not working out because of factors either on the male side or on the female side, perhaps her side. And it's an emotionally turbulent period for her. What would you say to her at this point in time? It definitely can be a very emotional um, experience for a couple. 
Uh, oftentimes, that's one of the things that we have to address when we see an infertile couple because it can cause a rift in any union, right? That being said, my advice get evaluation as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. If it is that you've been trying for a while and you're unable to get pregnant, you know, once you're evaluated, if it is that we can isolate the underlying um, contributing factor, mm-hmm. then oftentimes that can be, you know, rectified or treated and that can result in a, you know, a pregnancy there and after. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, nothing is guaranteed because even with IVF, you can have what we call failed cycles. So you've done everything, you've you know, taking all the hormonal meds, you've done your retrieval and you still don't end up with a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's one step closer into figuring out what is the problem, treating the problem and hopefully resulting in a baby. So really and truly, it's really just get evaluated as soon as possible. Speak to the specialist, you know, be very open about your history so that we can identify the real underlying issue and you know, hopefully everything works together in your favor and we end up with a baby, which is what all gynecologists or obstetrician <laughs> wants. We like when patients are happy and pregnant. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. want to remind you that you are tuned into Healthy and Happy. It is a program sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on NCUFM, your education and wellness station, NCU 91.13 and 5. I'm speaking with Dr. Nastasia Tate. We are delving into the topic infertility in women. Yes, we looked at um, a working definition for infertility. We looked at some of the, the signs of underlying conditions that may contribute to infertility. We've been looking at, of course, you know, so many factors that contribute toward infertility. And uh, one of the things that I really liked, you know, that Dr. Tate uh, underscored is the fact that it's not just a woman thing. It's not sure. just women suffer from this thing. Men suffer from it as well. And so, you know, many persons listening right now, Dr. Tate, want to know what are the ways to treat this kind of condition? How can I, as a woman who has been diagnosed as infertile, end up with a baby? I mean, I I want to still try and explore all possible options. So we talk about treatment. You mentioned IVF earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's let's delve into it. For a woman who would have gotten to the 12-month mark, frequent unprotected sex, unable to conceive. She considers IVF. So IVF is an option, but it's oftentimes not necessarily first line. Um, again, the treatment is individualized. So if after evaluation we realize that you have PCOS, then you know we can treat you for PCOS. So with PCOS, the issue is uh, not ovulating. Mm-hmm. So with that, we can help to induce ovulation. So very commonly, patients will be placed on a medication called Clomid or mm-hmm. Clomiphene citrate, and that will help you to ovulate because the underlying issue with PCOS is your an ovulation, your lack right. of ovulation. So for that, you wouldn't necessarily need um, okay. IVF. Mm-hmm. So there are things that we could try before we reach the IVF. So the Clomidal, so that's a um, hormonal meds that will give you to induce uh, ovulation. There are other things uh, that we can use to induce ovulation as well. Um, there's also surgical interventions that we can also use to induce ovulation for patients with PCOS, mm-hmm. like ovarian drilling. Um, it sounds scary, it but sounds it really... Right. yeah. <laughs> as soon as the words came out, I'm like, okay, somebody yeah, listening like drilling, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's not as scary as it sounds. But that's, you know, a surgical way that we can use to induce ovulation. If the issue is at the level of the tubes, 
Now, there are some doctors that may give you the option of what we call tubuloplasty, where we try to break down the adhesion and the scar tissues in the tube so that the tube is now patent. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the eggs and the sperm can meet and fertilization can occur. If the issue is at the level of the uterus, if it's a polyp, then that's an easy surgical intervention to remove a polyp or um, fibroids. You know, that's an easy thing to remove well, an easier thing to remove mm-hmm. the fibroid via myomectomy right. and increase the chance of getting pregnant. If it's an issue with uh, um, the men, like a male factor, so mm-hmm. very commonly what you'll find is low sperm count. And oftentimes that's likely due to smoking marijuana or smoking or alcohol use. Mm-hmm. And if it is that you discontinue those habits mm-hmm. and you repeat your sperm count, you repeat your semen analysis, then you can find that your sperm count improves significantly and you're now able to conceive naturally Mm -hmm. so it really is individualized and it really depends on what factors are contributing for this couple all right so let us say that it is it's a combination of factors Mm -hmm. it's a male problem a female problem not able to get pregnant, want to get pregnant. Are we saying IVF may be the last resort? IVF can be an option depending on what aspects of the um, the circle is affected. Mm-hmm. And you have an IVF is like a broader terminology. So you have assisted reproductive techniques. So that's ARTs. Mm-hmm. IVF is a part of ARTs. Oh, so so yeah. assisted reproductive techniques again vary. So we mm-hmm. can sometimes retrieve the eggs from the ovaries Mm. and then we can have fertilization in a petri dish Mm -hmm. and then we re-implant. Okay. That's one thing. Sometimes all we need to do is what we call um, ICSI, I-C-S-I, where we retrieve the sperms and then we implant that into the uterus and allow the sperms to swim up and um, cause fertilization in the tubes and then Mm -hmm. implantation. It really is a very exhaustive um, list of options. Sometimes what you need to do is to induce ovulation and the patients are given hormonal meds, then then ovulation occurs like you do ovarian mapping or tracking. Mm -hmm. So you're watching as the cyst grows Mm -hmm. till it reaches the the point just before ovulation. We retrieve that egg and then that's you know that's what we use if it is as a female factor so it really and truly varies oh i i didn't know i just thought listen if you can't have a child naturally uh, and you know if it's a combination of factors the next resort is just ivf it may or may not be really depends the good thing though is that we do have fertility specialists in jamaica Mm -hmm. and there's a huge winter fertility um, unit at the university hospital where you know all these assisted reproductive techniques are available affordable it's expensive but it's affordable when you compare it to um, other places so like the states or canada and first world and they do get very good results there it may be cost prohibitive for the general public but it's available if it's something that you want to do Hugh Winter Fertility Unit. Hugh Winter Fertility Unit. So for those individuals who are listening, who may be interested in checking it out, then you may do so. Contact the University Hospital right. of the West Indies. Or your general um, gynecologist, really, because ultimately you'd have to do the preliminary investigations. Right. Um, you um, your general gynecologist may try different options mm-hmm. and if it fail or if the underlying issue is identified and it's beyond what you can do in a regular you know clinic gyne clinic mm-hmm. then they'll refer you to the fertility specialist at UAE. Mm-hmm. Doc what final words would you uh, have for those who are listening who are unable to conceive? Final words one 
I love to speak about the emotional aspects of it because I find that contributes significantly to um, the relationship or even, you know, trying to get pregnant. What I find oftentimes is if it is that you tried for months and months, Mm -hmm. then you get very caught up in the fact that you're unable to get pregnant and then you start a blame game and then you don't even want to have sex. So it's almost like a domino effect. So if you're not having sex, you're not getting pregnant, but you're not having sex because you're blaming each other or because you're so emotionally involved that, you know, you're really losing months Mm -hmm. where you could have been trying in May, you know, or you would have gotten pregnant. So we definitely want to be more supportive with our spouses about it. It's great to have a, you know, open conversation where you can express your feelings. You can talk about if you're angry, if you're sad. Mm -hmm. Um, If it is that we've identified whose factor it is, if it's a male or female, Mm -hmm. try to avoid the blame game, especially even if it's in jest because it really affects the whole um, dynamics of the relationship. And as doctors, you know, we see the dynamics play out in front of us often enough, which is why I stress the point so much. (laughs) Then, to get evaluated, you know, the best way to to figure it out is to be in the know. And once you're in the know, then you can figure out what needs to be done to address that particular issue. Um, to try to be as healthy as possible. We spoke about obesity and being underweight. Those mm-hmm. things contribute to it. So exercise, eating healthy um, may not be your underlying issue, but it will only help mm-hmm. whatever route it is that you end up going. And just really, I don't know if you have any support system in Jamaica. We yeah. really should look, for, you know, look into that. I know different conditions like PCOS and endometriosis, they have their support system. Mm-hmm. If we don't, that would be a great thing to do for us because you know, it's easier to go through something when you know that you're not alone. That mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you can, you know, at least you can relate to it or Anastasia mm-hmm. or somebody can relate to it and feelings that you can't speak to your spouse or even your doctor about, you can speak to an ex-female about. So, mm-hmm. you know, developing that relationship with your doctor or your spouse or a support system mm-hmm. would be great for any patient or any couple that goes through in fertility but the underlying issue is to go out speak to your doctors get evaluated and get your treatment started mm-hmm. support systems are, are so important for every single condition yeah, yeah. i mean this is i know this is an issue that is quite mm-hmm. common especially here in jamaica and even in the church uh, we, we as opposed to talk context. about the church and people yes. being like insensitive mm-hmm. towards people who are not having kids and it's not done with any malicious intent you know i feel like i Jamaicans, we are we're interesting individuals. You know, you see somebody putting on weight, oh, you put on weight. So, like, right. really, truly, guys, it might be a reason why somebody's putting on weight. How you don't get married? You get married? Mm-hmm. Oh, how you don't have any kids, guys? Hold right. on, right. you know, press breaks. There's a different way to approach this. So, right. I think as we have a culture of being very insensitive mm-hmm. to people who may not have kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in addition to the insensitivity, there is also the the lack of that kind of constant dialogue mm-hmm. at, at the local church level. For there sure. are some churches that are strong in their couples in action uh, forums or, or their family ministries forums or even women's ministries. But I think that the conversation is one that needs to be a little bit more constant and consistent. Mm. Because many times, you know, and it's not just for infertility now, but many times 
uh, persons walk into the church and walk out of the church because they don't feel as though they are supported mm-hmm. with you know, the issues that they face on a regular basis. But Dr. Tate, we appreciate your time so very much. Thank you for sharing with us this particular topic, infertility in women. We learned a lot and I know that our listeners were indeed blessed. And um, so you're welcome to Healthy and Happy anytime. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. No problem at all. So friends, you just heard it there from uh, Dr. Nastasia Tate. I want to remind you of her practices. She's located almost all across the island. There's so many practices I can't keep up. Doc, just <laughs> remind us quickly, please. So, Robin Medical Center, Edgewater Medical Center, and Waterfront Medical Center. Right, and this is all while she also works with hospitals. My, 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 Doc. I hope you get some sleep soon. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> I know. Thank <laughs> you so very much. I want to thank our technical team also for the hard work that they continue to put into all our programs at the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Continue to keep it locked here on Healthy and Happy every Saturday evening, 6.30 to 7 p.m. It was my delight and pleasure keeping your company this evening, and I hope to see you figuratively (laughs) next week same time same place god bless you and of course keep it locked to ncu
want you to trust me.